inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining. Today, I have the pleasure to talk with an expert, an author whose book is one of the very first books that called my attention and inspired me related to presentations and effective communication. This book I read many years ago was called Slideology. Some of you might be familiar with, and some of you might know the name or of the author of this book, who is a, a many... Many years, uh, fast forward, she has developed an amazing career as a, a presentation and communication expert. I'm talking about Nancy Duarte. Um, Nancy Duarte is a communication expert who has been featured in Fortunes, Forbes, Fast Company, Wire, Wall Street Journal, The New York Times, LA Times, and on CNN. Her firm, Duarte, is the global leader behind some of the most influential visual messages in business and culture and has created more than a quarter of a million presentations. As a persuasion expert, she cracked the code for effectively incorporating story patterns into business communications. She's written five best-selling books. Duarte is the largest design firm in Silicon Valley, as well as one of the top woman-owned businesses in the area, Nancy has won several prestigious awards for communications, entrepreneurship, and her success as a female executive. On the list of top 250 women on leadership, Duarte ranks number 67, and on world's top 30 communication professionals for 2017, Duarte ranks number one. Nancy has spoken at numerous conferences, and her TED talk has had over a million views. Hello, Nancy. Hey there, how are you? I'm very that good. That's a lot to get through. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, for the ones who haven't heard uh, too much about you, I think it's, um, it's amazing what you have done so far. And I mentioned the very first book uh, that you had, Slideology, is around year, which year was that? 2008. 2008, so it's nine years from now and then. I, yeah. Yeah, so I would like to hear more about your the personal side. What was your journey to become a communication expert? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's kind of interesting to claim to be an expert because I sure didn't start out as one. <laughs> so we actually, uh, next year, we're celebrating our 30-year anniversary in business. So it's been a long trek. Um, I actually, uh, my dirty little secret is I got a C- in speech communication in college and, and dropped out. I was so discouraged. I got married when I was 18 and fortunately married the man of my dreams and um, he actually started the business. He was a technical illustrator. So we started as a technical illustration firm. And I thought it was the dumbest idea I'd ever heard. I thought, <laughs> I thought, I'm like, what? This is so dumb. These little personal computers are just a trend. They'll never become anything. <laughs> and um, I was very pregnant, very angry, and really worked hard to abort this business, which ultimately became my own dream. So 
we actually, one of the first, so I joined him. I actually was very pregnant and I decided to see if I could b- help build his business until I went back to my real job. And I hit the phones and we won some really big accounts. And one of them was Apple. And uh, Apple was the first company, people don't realize, that hooked up a computer to a projector at scale, at conference scale. And so they were on kind of the cutting edge of uh, using computers to build presentations. And so oddly, Apple had a really big layoff in 1992. And a lot of my clients scattered across the Silicon Valley. And it was that moment, as as hard as it was for Apple, it was a great blessing for us because they took us with them. And so, we got niched into being a presentation firm. It wasn't really what we started out to be, plus my C- in speech communication <laughs> didn't help. But I always loved communications. I always have been fascinated by how powerful how powerful it is to communicate clearly. And so that began our journey 30 years ago into what is now, you know, what we've become. And it's taken a lot of discipline, took a lot of reading and street smarts and confidence and, you know, trial and error. Um, but, um, but we did it, and it, it's just been a blast. I mean, a blast uh, to be an entrepreneur here in the Valley. It's one of the most exciting places to do business, and it's just been – you know, I'm in it partly for the game. Like, it's it's a big game, like a big chess game, and I love that. Um, so, anyway, hope that was brief enough. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's what I love. I love what I do, and I love – Love the spoken word. You know, so many agencies are marketing firms or advertising agency trying to get eyeballs and clicks, but we're the ones that when you get the right people in the room, we're the spoken word experts, right? So it's just so beautiful to own that moment where there's human beings in a room together cra- and crafting what's the right thing to say. It's just a real honor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic the way you say it in. Uh... All this journey, and you said thirty years, no? And yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> it's older than you, I bet. <laughs> you yes. were just a little wee pop. You weren't even a dream in anyone's eye yet. <laughs> and yeah, no, actually, I'm older than that. <laughs> anyway, well, you sure look younger. So, congratulations. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, of course, thirty years is a is a is a long journey, of course. And interesting that you said that uh, it's like a. Um, you perform not not good at school and in in communication, and you became now um, using this word expert in being a top of the league in a very competitive place such as Silicon Valley, and also doing um, uh, like broadcasting around the world. So many people uh, knows you here in Finland, Europe, and North America, and every single continent. Uh, so it's very yeah. inspiring your story. Yeah, thanks for. I, you know, it, it just it takes a lot of drive and commitment. Mm-hmm. I think everyone fails a lot of times when you have a big dream. It gets challenged. Mm-hmm. And people want to give up. You know, people just want to give up. They say, "Well, I, I, I have this mistake, or I couldn't do it, or I made a bad grade, or, or my parents divorced." I mean, we can blame it on anything. But um, it takes a lot of drive and commitment to become an expert in anything, you know? And uh, it's been a blast. I wouldn't trade it for anything. <laughs> and, and I see that. Uh, was Slidology your first book in, of the ones you had? Yeah, was that, very Slidology was my first one. And that was kind of interesting because people on my team – 
didn't really support me writing a book because uh-huh. <laughs> they were like, why would we give away all our secrets? You know, this is what makes us <laughs> special or bitter, bigger or different or better. And um, so writing my first book was a very lonely process um, because people were like, I don't know. I don't know if this should work, you know. And um, it we, we had to radically change our mindsets to one of generosity. Let's give all of our ideas away and and it'll come back to us in some way. That kind of concept of give to receive. And that book, you know, actually grew our business incredibly well. Um, it's a good book and and we you know, it really impacted my business in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. And Okay, it's 2008 and 2016, you launched uh, your latest book so far, that is Illuminate. And I would like to, I, I saw some, um, slideology was mostly presentations, no? And mm-hmm. then you go a bit more storytelling to your next books. And this one has, uh, something else, no? So I would like to yeah. ask you, what is, what was your inspiration about, uh, this, this latest book you had, uh, Illuminate? Yeah, so it, it it it's kind of weird to have a leadership book from the presentation lady, you know, but it it really is a leadership book because once you begin to once you begin to really write a presentation well, visualize it well and deliver it well, people want you to become a leader. You, uh, there's so few clear and compelling communicators. Suddenly, people are like we want you to lead. And using communication and storytelling as a leadership tool it creates very successful leaders. So the the genesis for Illuminate, believe it or not, was when when I wrote Resonate, um, my book before Illuminate. My my concept there was originally that if stories have a protagonist in them, what do, and if do businesses follow a story plot? Is a business the protagonist in a bigger story? And I thought there must be a finite set of business plots, and then there must be storytelling that needs to happen around those plots. That was my original hypothesis for Resonate, believe it or not. And then I stumbled upon uh, this discovery. I discovered this um, structure for great talks, and I went with that. So when Patty joined my firm as my chief strategist, I told her, I said, well, you know, believe it or not, my my hypothesis for Resonate was that businesses follow a story plot. She goes, there's a great book there. And I said, well, you're going to write it with me then. And so, you know, about a year into her employment, we actually started the book. It was uh, took us four years to write the book uh, to have the accurate amount of research. But one of the first things we did is we got giant graph paper. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's graph paper that you could unroll on your wall. And the little squares are about one inch by one inch uh, big. We unfurled it on a big wall, and just based on the, between the two of us, we have about fifty years of experience here in the valley. So just between the two of us, we started plotting out the S curves of innovation of all the major companies in the valley, the ones that rose and fell, the ones that rose and rose and rose and rose. You know, they rise up. You know, and and just from our memory, we could understand the eras, the the epic tales. 
and the story plots of, of about eight companies, we wrote it all up on the wall and we're like, you know what, there's an interesting book here. And uh, that was when we committed to dig in and, and research what the story plot is and how businesses can communicate when they're in the middle of an innovative transformation. What is it that the people need to hear from their leaders while they're going through one of these plots? Um, it was fun. I mean, this book was really really challenging and it challenged me as a writer because Patty's a very strong writer so I grew a lot um, but also writing it changed me as a leader which was really really cool you can't ask for more than that mm -hmm. so it was a lot of uh, analyzing the this the story of the of these uh, mostly technical companies in technology companies in Silicon Valley and yeah and see how the leadership had to communicate on every every stage. So exactly, exactly, it was a blast, um, and it's ringing true. Um, you know, we're getting a lot of reports back from leaders that this, you know, is transforming them as communicators, and that they're they're starting to see things from a whole nother perspective, which is cool. Mm -hmm. And if you could uh, summarize, let's say the main main point that uh, mm. we should know about your book. Yeah, I think that um, it's funny, you know, I wrote the book and since the book has come out, I've had to open my own book six times <laughs> to help me re. <laughs> Could to help me reorient myself when I'm going through a situation where I know something needs to be communicated. A lot of times a leader will um, deliver that information from their own perspective. But when I open my book and I actually revisit the model, I pause and I say, wow, this is how I'm feeling but my people are feeling this other way. So I think the best thing that this does is a model for empathy so that the leaders don't just go out and make these declarations or presentations to their own teams, but they actually thoughtfully consider where those people are at and deliver from that place. So I think it's like empathetically understanding where their hearts are so that you can meet them there is so important uh, when you communicate because leading a transformation is hard, whether it's an internal transformation, a marketplace transformation, or you're driving investors towards an outcome, whatever that kind of movement is you're trying to do, if you don't communicate to the people where they're at, they're not going to join your cause. So it's very important to to really empathetically understand what they're going through during the particular stage of your movement. Mm -hmm. So to know where you are and where the what the company is and where the employees are, the people you want yeah. to influence. Yeah, we call them your travelers. You know, if you're the torchbearer of this idea, these are the people that need to travel with you to make your mm. dream dream come true, and and you need to make sure that they have fuel for the trip. And most of the time, that's emotional fuel, mm. and that emotional fuel is only met through the words of the leader a lot of times. Yeah, to inspire them. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Aha, uh -huh. and. Could you tell us, for instance, um, who um, you have done research? So you base you were base your book on on let's say companies who have been doing business for use as a models. But what about companies that uh, uh, today are are using your principle? Have used that after reading your book? 
for the principles of Illuminate. Could you give some examples, if you can? Yeah, what's interesting is that companies that have been around for a long time are constantly reinventing. You know, you, you, my own business has been reinvented. Um, I'm in my eighth reinvention in 30 years. So we go through kind of reimagining who we need to become so we're viable in the future. So there's companies that have been around for a long time like Starbucks. I feel like the way Howard Schultz led Starbucks through many reinventions of itself was brilliant. And he, how he communicates is, mm, I mean, it's kind of unparalleled. Um, Steve Jobs, the way he communicated was um, he could rally troops at any emotional state and get them going in the right direction. So there's people that are famous like that. I think the work right now that Mary Barra, she's the CEO of General Motors, she's grabbed that by the horn and she's transforming it. And she's a very um, compelling communicator. Um, and she's rallied that organization. So I, I think it happens all the time. Um, I think people like young galvanizing entrepreneurs, I, I don't think that Mark Zuckerberg was always a strong communicator, but he's becoming one. So watching him grow into national and global influence for his platform is impressive. Um, and it was something that would have been necessary for him to grow into, for him to be a sustainable leader, like such a young leader, and he didn't need to be replaced. You know, he's growing into becoming a strong communicator, which is fun to see. So... So there are many uh, uh, yeah, I think current examples yeah i'm not I'm not sure who's rising to the to the scale of communicator that Steve Jobs was, but I think there's a void to fill there. There's a vacuum of great communicators, and I think that somebody will rise up and and fill that void mm -hmm. yeah, that's true it's uh, and it takes time, of course, most of this uh, right. Might be working, evolving, and we might hear about these uh, leaders in one, two years, or suddenly you hear some, oh, I never heard of this. And uh, the, yeah, yeah. And it's so, it's not only because you are based in Silicon Valley, but you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Starbucks or other companies that are not necessarily uh, technology that are, um, following the, the principles of Illuminate. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, Star. It, mm -hmm. It's weird. Almost every company now is a technology company oh, in yes. the sense that they all have technology that drives them. But I mean, Starbucks and General Motors are not technology companies. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, this isn't a book about being a successful technology company. It's about driving toward a future where your customers want to be and making sure you get there. You know, making sure the right people are traveling along with you as a leader so that you really can move mountains and make a difference. Mm -hmm. And one concept, I haven't fully read your book, but one of the concepts that I, I saw there is you, you mentioned the, like the rites or the ceremonies. It's for me it was mm -hmm. kind of new compared to other books that don't mention that. Could you tell a bit about that? Yeah, I love that question because we are definitely introducing the concept of ceremony into business vernacular. And ceremony, you know, one of the primary ceremonies that we celebrate 
in life is the rite of passage. And the rite of passage manifests as a wedding. You know, you show up single and you leave married just because <laughs> of this ceremony. You're, you have in-laws all mm. of a sudden just because of a ceremony. Or a graduation, a student shows up and then they're a graduate. Or a bar mitzvah where you show up a boy and then after the ceremony, you're a man. And what happens in these ceremonies is you're letting go of the past. You're saying, I am no longer a boy. I'm going to take on the mindset of a man. I'm going to behave like a man. And I'm going to do manly stuff, you know. And we need to do those kinds of moments in business because one of the things that stops change and stops transformation is when people are hanging on to things from the past that they need to let go of. You know, so part of the rites of passage is if you decided to get married and you decided to hang on to all your old, old girlfriends or boyfriends, you know, <laughs> that would not be a good thing. And so there's, there's a, in every rite of passage, you're letting go of something in the past and you're embracing something new. And businesses need to actually consciously do that. They need to say, hi, travelers, we no longer do this anymore. These stories and beliefs and or behaviors are no longer who we are. We are now this new thing. And so ceremonies are a way to break with the past and embrace new things, um, but they can't be contrived or, or people will rebel against it. It has to be actually come from within the culture itself, and the leaders need to find those things and amplify them. It's a very, very important communication mechanism where old things are old and new things are beginning. And do you have some examples? Yeah, there's a great example. Like my favorite one I love to share is when uh, Steve Jobs came back to Apple. He really, really needed all of the developers to move from Mac OS 9 to 10, or he knew that he knew that he would fail. So he needed um, a lot of developers to make this transformation, but it was a lot of work. Apple had jerked the developers around for about a decade with they had no strategy. And here comes Steve Jobs saying, hey, we have a strategy. People didn't believe him. Mm -hmm. There actually was a lot of resistance and a lot of skepticism from the developers. And, and Steve knew he'd fail if they didn't move on. So as he pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed for about four years, finally, he said, okay, we're just done. Mac OS 9 is gone. It's dead. He actually literally at uh, WWDC 2002 performed a funeral. He had a casket on the stage. He brought a big oversized box of Mac OS 9, put it in the casket, closed the lid, put a red rose on top, and gave a eulogy for this. Uh -huh. <laughs> and people were like, oh, I guess it's dead. It's gone. Like, don't develop for this anymore because it's a dead thing. It's kind of dramatic, you know, kind of showmanship, which was what Steve Jobs did. But he needed to send a message to stop developing in this old operating system. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, it was effective. <laughs> so, Is that video available? Do you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It you is. You can link oh, to oh. it. Yeah. It's available. I've been watching it. I have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a great example, definitely. Uh, and yeah, of course, as you as you said, the leader is the person who has to do it because sometimes uh, might be more than one person in the company who is convinced that you need changes. But there is, as you say, skepticism or doubts or just people want to continue doing the same thing, and someone has to be firm and 
and do it in. Yeah, and it takes guts. I mean, that's the gutsy part of being a leader is sometimes we even let things last too long. You know, they just hang around because they're there. And some of them have a lot of symbolic meaning and having the ability not only to create new things, but also make sure we're very clear at what has ended um, is very important in communications. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rite of passage. Yeah, and it's very symbolic also. It's something that people will remember this kind of thing. It's going to be like a snapshot yeah. in their minds. Yeah. If you're inside the organization, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nancy, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I love, um, we wrote this kind of a manifesto for lack of a better word, but it's called the torchbearer's calling. And like I said, we refer to the leader as the torchbearer because they're the ones who have a spark of an idea that catches fire and they want to, you know, uh, get it to spread. But the only way they can make their dreams reality are to um, have people come along with them. So this is called the torchbearer's calling. It's kind of a It's like a little manifesto. The future is a formless void, a blank space waiting to be filled. And then a torchbearer envisions a new possibility. That vision is your dream, your calling, and it burns like a fire in your belly. But you can't create the future alone. You need travelers to come along. Yet the path through the unknown is dark and unclear. You have to illuminate the path for your travelers. Torchbearers communicate in a way that conquers fear and inspires hope. Some say being a torchbearer is a burden. Some say it's a blessing. Either way, those who light the path are the ones who change the world. Love that. And that's your your writing, your own writing. Yeah, that's oh. from the um, that's from the cover page of the Illuminate book. Oh, very nice. <laughs> and and is. What was the name of the of this of the whole or what was the name of it? It's called the Torchbearer's Calling. The Torchbearer's the Torchbearer's Calling. Okay, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I like torch it. Bearer. Eh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Fantastic. I have to I have to read it again. I put it also on the show notes of the episode so everybody can uh, can read it later. Yeah. Um now could you recommend us one book that has been for you influential, inspiring? Yeah, it's an older book. I, all of the work of uh, Jim Collins has really rocked me. Um, his book, Good to Great, um, in the book Good to Great is a hedgehog. It's called The Hedgehog Principle. And it says, if there's one thing you can do in the world, be best in the world at, be passionate about, and be profitable at, to do just that one thing. And it was when his book came out in 2001 that we decided that we would just do presentations and that's it. That's all. And it was a very, very big defining moment in my business. And so that book is very, very special to me. So you read it at the right time to make the right decision. Yep. It came out at exactly the moment I needed it. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Good to great. And there's a whole lot of other principles in the book, but mm-hmm. that's the one that that shaped my business. Mm, excellent. And could you now share with us something practical that you recommend us to do it daily or weekly? A routine to shine. 
Yeah, I um a routine. So um there's a couple things that I do, but I think people should find the moment of the day where you do your best creative work and then protect that time. So when my kids were little, I used to stay up late at night because mostly that was my creative time just because they were quiet yeah. <laughs> and, and I could focus. I didn't have the office stress and all that. Now I found out that I'm actually an early bird. I, I, so I get up early. That's why I was up. Like I, I try to get a couple hours of work in before my actual day starts. Um, and so I get really good inspired thinking early in the morning. So I think everybody should be building some sort of platform or body of work and you need to find your best creative moments and then protect it. Don't book meetings. Don't take phone calls. Don't pick social things. Like really have time that you set aside to create your body of work so that you leave a mark on the earth that you're called to leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an excellent uh, piece of advice. And, and thanks, thanks to that, that you're an uh, early bird, is that we yeah. can have this conversation because we have, I always have the challenge when I want to talk with someone from um, the, yeah, the West Coast in, in North America, the 10, 10 hours time zone differences. <laughs> so that made it possible for us to have this very nice conversation. <laughs> And yeah, it's true what you say that uh, protecting, finding what is the, the best time for you to, to do your best and, and protect it. So, excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, uh, Nancy. It was a fascinating interview and an honor talking with you because you already inspired me with your books. And could you finally tell us how can we learn more about you, follow you? What are the best ways? Yeah, sure. So I, um, my website is Duarte.com. I'm up on Twitter at Nancy Duarte. Um, we have a Duarte Inc., Duarte Incorporated, uh, Facebook page. And I do connect to people who connect to me on LinkedIn. So lots of ways to get in touch. Lots of ways. Again, thank you very much, uh, Nancy, and all the best. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time, 